Thank you all for joining us again for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited for this one, you all. You know, right before we got on, I was talking to tonight's Servant Leader about just how God allows paths to cross and how it's so humbling and how I feel like we just strengthen ourselves. We lock arms to be on that front line simply to move the agenda forward for him. And so tonight we have another Servant Leader to extend this conversation on the whole armor of God. We have servant leader Britt Gusmus with us. He's an author. We're going to talk about that today, guys, but I love it so much more than anything because he's a servant leader, you all. So I want to thank you for your time, though, Britt. I take the moment to say this each call because there's so many things we could be doing, but you took the time to be here, and time is one of the most important gifts that anybody can give. So I'll pass the torch to you so you can say hello to our listeners. We're going to get this conversation started. Excellent. Thank you so much, Chelsea. And right back at you, because just like we talked about a little bit before we started, it is broadening our horizons, making new connections. Uh, we, you're in Tallahassee. I'm in Denver, Colorado. And, and I'd like to think that there's no coincidences in this life when, when we're running full tilt uh, in God's direction and God's purpose for our lives. And so I am incredibly grateful to be on with you today, tonight, uh, and to share a little bit about who I am, about the good work that God's doing in my life out here in Denver, and, and how we can continue to impact this world for the kingdom of God in every way possible. So again, thank you so much, Chelsea, for having me on. And I, uh, so as Chelsea mentioned, my name is Britt Gusmus. I'm here in Denver, Colorado. I have just finished year 16 as a high school football coach. Uh, and teacher, actually finishing year 10 as a teacher. And so I coach quarterbacks. I'm a JV head coach at Valor Christian High School here in Denver. And uh, we had a great year. And among, uh, more importantly than that, it's impacting young men's lives through the game of football, uh, young men's and women's lives in the classroom, and, and really stepping into that, the leading and obedience and the nudges that God has put on my heart over this time. And I, it fires me up to be able to talk about service, to talk about sacrifice, and, and to talk about what it means to impact lives in a, in a significant way. And I'll get into that here in a few minutes. Uh, but wanted to make sure that uh, I mentioned also, I have been married for 13 years, uh, married to the love of my life, and we have a 12-year-old daughter, Isabel, and an 11-year-old son, Colton. And I'm coaching his flag football team. And we just got a win. We got our first win this Let's weekend. So, so yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we, we've come a long way with a brand new group of kids in, in three weeks. So it's great to see them get, get uh, a taste of victory. And most importantly, uh, that we're doing it in a way uh, with integrity and values, teaching values and, and teaching character to young, young men and women. And so really my story starts, I was always a f coach. So after my playing days were over, 
uh, was a state champion quarterback uh, here in Denver at, our, at the biggest school in Colorado, Cherry Creek High School, uh, was drafted by the Houston Astros in baseball, and so had a really uh, vibrant, really good uh, athletic career. And once all of that was done after playing junior college baseball and, and things didn't go exactly the way I planned them to go, uh, I got into coaching. And that was, it's, that's always been a call, is to be a part of sports. And, and I'm a, a, a rapid fan, and, and I played football, baseball, and basketball, played the big three, and then play a lot of golf and, and do some other things uh, now as I'm a little bit older. But I've always been uh, a football guy first and, and always been a big fan of baseball and basketball. And so that call that God had placed on my life I was in sales for many years, but I coached. So I coached from the youth level on up to the high school level and I was in sales and I'm like, well, I don't want to be a coach full-time or I don't want to be a teacher. I want to make a lot of money and I want to do all these things and accumulate what the world tells me I should accumulate, but I will always give back because sports has been so important to me. Well, lo and behold, in 2009, God started to nudge me on the back and gently come near me, continue to be near me and said, Britt, I want you to go back to school, finish your master's degree and go teach and coach full time and chase your coaching dream as far as you can go. And I'm like, school? Back in school? No way. Me back in school? That is not going to happen. But in August of 2009, I found myself asking my wife, uh, Carrie, I want to go back to school. <laughs> and I, and I want to uh, chase my teaching or, and coaching dream as far as I can. And the best way to do that, I thought, was to teach and coach. And so I'm finishing year 10 teaching. And then uh, I, was, uh, I was out of football for just a couple of years as I was it working too much and just finishing year 16 of coaching high school football. And so you talk about the call that God puts on your life. Um, I had to listen because his life for mine is how I live my life. When I turn my will and my life over the care of Jesus, it was going to be his show and not mine. And I had to be obedient to that. And that's where I find myself today, uh, like I said, finishing year 10 and year 16, as fulfilled as I've ever been in my life, uh, in every area of my life. So not only has God put the call on my life and shown me what that looks like, he carries me through every day. It filters into every piece of my life. I am a high energy individual anyway. And so when you're living from your purpose and when you're living spirit led, so I, you'll see me talk a lot about on social media being spirit led. And I was just on uh, this morning talking about um, how our brains are, are the engine and our knowledge is the engine, but what starts that engine, what starts it is our spirits. And, and so I feel like that is one of my greatest strengths uh, in as a coach and a teacher is to be able to connect kids through a spirit led uh, spot of integrity and character that goes far past the football field. I, I take a lot of pride in being a coach who knows what he's doing, a coach that understands the game, a coach that can teach the game uh, the way it's meant to be teached, 
taught, excuse me, but it's more important that we touch their hearts, which leads to touching their minds, which leads to a whole new relationship, which is what they need. And so uh, the rest of that journey uh, through me to here I am today is a book that I've written called The Oak Tree Source. Becoming a man of strength, substance, and spirituality today. So, as a coach, I know Chelsea, you know this. Coaches are the source for everything. Indeed. Whether it be checking on grades, making sure kids kids get to practice, making sure equipment is ordered, making sure equipment is good, the the field of play, the gym is ready to go. So, coaches know this. All of you coaches know this out there better than anybody, that you are the source. You're the foundation for everything that happens. And when we speak of that in a relationship with Jesus, Jesus is the source of the church. And uh, Chelsea had mentioned wives and husbands there at the beginning of our, <laughs> our time together. And so part of, part of my growth as a man has been, a, been to understand my role. And so my role is not always the head of the household, the way men traditionally look at it, it's being the source, the foundation, the glue for my kids, for my wife, for the kids that I coach and teach. And so uh, Paul, when he's writing in Ephesians to the church at Ephesus, he uses a Greek word called kephale. He mentions Jesus in this way. And kephale meant a uh, source spreader of seeds, uh, of belonging and kinship and connection, but that source, as we know, this place perfect in the service, the source is the starting point. But as Paul described Jesus as kephele, he's the head. So he's not only is he the source, but he's the head of the church, starting as the foundation of it. And so as men, what do we desire? We desire to be the head of the head coach, the head of an organization, the head of the household, because we think that's going to bring us the respect that we deserve. When, when all actuality, my experience has been, when I'm the starting point, when I serve first, when I serve first, I am going to be the head of whatever that is. And my presence my presence will grow strong like an oak tree. And so, Chelsea, when we talk about servant leadership, that is precisely what my life is about, laying it on the line, being the lay down light for all of those that I come in contact with. Um, and, and as Jesus, as God is the lamp at our feet, uh, I think that in, in Matthew 5.15, it talks about not keeping your lamp uh, uh, with a bowl over it on the nightstand, but letting it flow around the room for everybody to see. So I am uh, incredibly fired up to talk about service because that's what my life is. It is what recharges me. And sometimes, as we know, it can be a thankless job, and yet it has eternal consequences for all that are involved. And man, that's what fires me up. You got me fired up here. And I'm telling you, <laughs> for those that came on late, you know, I had a little switcheroo of these, <laughs> uh, you know, in matrimony. So, you know, Britt had to get me back on track. But it's just so amazing how you said that because what you did is you highlighted something that we all have to understand, not only in the marriage with roles, but in this servant leadership piece, right? Because, see, there's a difference between 
leadership and servant leadership. And I love how you placed that, how you, you stated that, you know, when I serve first, my presence can then grow like an oak tree. And I love that because so often we do have it flipped. So often we do feel that when I'm the leader, we had servant leader Benny Bolden on and his episode is coming up actually tomorrow. And it was funny because he said, you know, leadership says it's about me. Leadership is watch me do this. Leadership is let's see how high I can climb. He said, but servant leadership is being okay being in that second seat. How can I assist you? How can I help? How can I make you comfortable? How can I make you look good? And I love that. So often in these walks though, Britt, right? As coaches, as educators, in any of these type of professional realms, we mix the two up. But I love how you've highlighted so much how important it is to be Christ first, to be a kingdom builder, to be a kingdom man. Because when you mentioned, and I wanna go here for a second, the young men that you lead every day, I want you to take a moment to explain the importance of being a servant leader when those young men watch you every day as a husband. I got it right that time. <laughs> as yeah, a, yes, ma'am. As a coach, you know, talk about the importance of your walk, not just your talk, but your walk as a servant leader to those young men. Well, and, and that's, and it's incredibly important. And thank you so much, Chelsea, because just like uh, Benny had said, that servant leadership piece, it is imperative that you don't focus on you, that you are willing to step in and it, it, whether it's being second, whether it's being the starting point or the source, it is just, it is not about you. And that's when the kingdom multiplies. That's yeah, when leadership on. becomes transformational. It becomes transformational at that point. And so that then leads into the idea of your walk. It is how I act, react in every situation. And my students see me in the hallways with an energy, high-fiving, patting on the back, having a, a very personal conversation or comment with those students so that they feel known. Every single day, you'll see me in the right after class or on the ball field greeting players, making sure that I'm looking in, them in the eyes asking them pointed questions about their lives so that they know that they're known and they know that they're cared for. And then they see me after the games running to who first, my wife and my kids, greeting them, giving them a hug, giving them a kiss. And, and so every piece, so it's intricate because we know, I mean, really kids, but adults, when you have a high standard of how you live your life, people are going to watch you a little bit closer and they're going to watch you to say, oh, well, in this situation, he wasn't uh, godly or he didn't show his character. You better believe and, it. <laughs> right? And so it's imperative that we live from that conviction every single day in all of our relationships, um, all the people we come in contact with, because if I can get, if I can get a smile from somebody that I don't even know, that may give them a moment where their load's a little bit lighter and, and they understand, man, there's goodness in this world. That guy just showed me that there's goodness in this world. And, and so in all of my dealings and uh, all of my dealings with people, all of my dealings with co the other coaches, all of my dealings with the kids during the day, adults, I am always intentional about making sure that they understand uh, that what comes out 
of this person's being is led, is spirit led. And whether it's, man, we're, we're going through drills and, and I'm trying to coach footwork, uh, trying to coach arm slot, trying to coach, you know, our quick game or, or whatever it is, our play action game. It's, it's always, I, I'm very upbeat, very positive and, but not afraid to hold them accountable either. And so there is um, that piece of being demanding, but being incredibly caring and warm. And so when that demanding piece comes up, they understand what he's demanding of us is something he would do himself. He holds us to the same standard and himself to an even higher standard and that it comes from a place of love. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to cut them down. I mean, unfortunately we have some coaches out there in the profession that are leaders that want to make it about them. And they tend to cut down, berate, demean, and boy, we're our game at any level um, or our sport doesn't need those things. And so you'll see me. I, I love one of the things I love to do when I see little babies. So when I see a young parent <laughs> holding their baby, I always smile at the babies. I always smile at them, and and I Dang. you know just like wave to them, <laughs> and they always smile. They always smile. Every once in a while, they'll be like, who is that guy? They'll give me that look like, what is that guy doing? But it's just, it's, it's not being afraid to be childlike and, and understanding that, okay, when I, when I see that smile from a, a child, a toddler, a baby, that's what life's all about. And, and as we know, Jesus held our childlike spirits and children in such high regard uh, that they, the kingdom of God would be theirs. And, and so in every, I hope, and I pray, and in every interaction that I have, um, people see the spirit of Jesus. They see uh, a man who's convicted, who has morals. And, and obviously that's led by our Lord and Savior and, and by, the, by the service that I, uh, that I walk with. Because, man, it, whether it's the simplest act of holding the door uh, for players instead of them holding the door for me, uh, making sure that I stay 20 or 30 minutes after and we throw the football or we're working on sprint outs or, or we're working on footwork, whatever it is that I'm, that I'm giving of my time, just like you led the, you led the opener with, it's our time is our, is our biggest mm -hmm. treasure and gift. And I certainly don't mind giving that. I love it. You know, you said a mouthful there and I think more than anything, one of the pieces that stuck out to me that I loved, and it was so amazing how this aligns. You talked about when you're practicing footwork, okay? Granted, I don't care what sport anyone plays. That is a very important piece, right? I, I yes. tell all the time, I'm like, I need you to have good feet, right? You know, and then I pick me like, well, coach, can we go get a pedicure? If that's what it takes, but I need, yeah. okay? You know, but I love that because when we talk about footwork is exactly on the servant leader piece, everything you just said, it's the actions. It's not what I'm saying. It's that when they watch me, what are they watching me do? How are they watching me? How is my walk, right? I want you to stay right there a little bit with that footwork piece, right? Because, you know, there's a song I sing in the choir at church and it says, we walk by faith and not by sight. And thee I put my trust because my battles he will fight in order to please you, in order to please you, we must have faith in order to please the Lord. Talk mm, about walking 
in this faith, right? And I'm and I'm going here for a second, Britt, because as coaches on so many different levels and the whole purpose of this platform, you know, we have people that are in different levels in their walk, right? But as coaches, sometimes some places where we're coaching, it makes it a little bit harder for us to learn the faith or be able to be comfortable in our faith. I want you to talk briefly about just your journey to Christ, because one of the things I've learned doing this podcast is granted our walks are all different. And so I love to hear them because sometimes people see the Brit now and, and they think that's where you started. So I want you to take a moment to talk about mm. your, your footwork to find in him. Man, amen, coach, amen, because it has taken, it has taken a lot of heartache. It has taken mm. a lot of the refiner's fire to <laughs> burn out those impurities in me. And so the, the spirit-led man, I mean, I got, I got goosebumps, uh, Chelsea, because that's where the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. And that's, he gives us a testimony and, and I've heard it said, or your mess is your message. And, you know, mm-hmm. in, in certain ways or that we are all a glorious mess So I had to come to my knees. I was Mm -hmm. that prideful, prideful guy who had it all figured out. And my best thinking brought me to my knees. And the next step was Alcoholics Anonymous. The next step was getting clean and sober first because I was so prideful. And I thought I had it figured out, but I lived with an amount of shame and disgust. So we're going to the deep end of the pool here. Um, and I, and I, you know, this is, this is, it, it's my walk and, and I, and part of, part of the Oak tree source and for men to grow is to get honest. And so if I can be that example uh, for what honesty looks like um, this, this is part of it. And so I lived with an amount of shame uh, because I felt like I had to perform uh, to be loved uh, as a ball player, because obviously as a ball player, you, uh, when you do well, when you do really well, man, people love you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you don't do well, uh, people are, you know, can kind of look at you or those closest to you can do the same. And so I, I was in this kind of cycle of performance and well, it wasn't enough. And so maybe I'm not enough. Maybe I'm not enough. And it took me many years uh, to, get over that and, uh, and with a lot of heartache and a, and a lot of turning to behaviors that weren't healthy for me to come for God to bring me to my knees and say, Britt, I love you, but you've got to do some things different. Mm-hmm. And so 17 years ago, uh, walked in to the rooms of Alcoholics, Alcoholics Anonymous and my life changed forever. Shortly after that, I, um, I saw a gentleman by the name of Brennan Manning who wrote uh, classic books like Abba's Child and the, the Ragamuffin Gospel and, and just an incredibly God, godly man. Got to see him speak, read the book Abba's Child and realized that God wants that type of relationship with me. Mm-hmm. Me? Mm-hmm. Me? Come on. The guy who failed? The guy who wasted his talent? Yeah. I want that relationship with you, Britt. And so I know, I'm sure Chelsea, you understand the, the, the meaning of the word Abba. Mm-hmm. 
uh, is daddy, is God. And, and so um, that's, the, that's the God I started to know. And then he mm. kept just coming near me and leading me to the next glory and the, to the next glory and to the next glory. And, and I sit here today uh, as someone who just wants to pour that out and affect people by the means, the way Jesus did. So it took a lot of heartache, uh, a lot of pain on my behalf, uh, a lot of stubbornness. And I know we, we all have a level of that. And uh, it just took me to come to my knees uh, to understand that I don't have to carry that cross anymore, that he come did it on. for me. And that God is my father. He is my father. And, and I run to him. I run to be close to him. And even, even as I follow, man, there's, there's still been there's still been a lot of work to do, right? As, as, I mean, as, as he starts to build his kingdom within us, there's so much work to do. And, it, and that is painful. But there's, right. there's nothing more loving. There's nothing, there's no connection I've ever felt in my life, even in the darkest days of when he was really showing me who, he, who I was and, and, sending, and sending me through that refiner's fire to, to, to burn out all those impurities so that he could put his essential substance in me that I, that I'd never, that I never was like, I'm always like, your will be done. I love you because I know that you have a purpose for this. That's a little bit of my story. Great. <laughs> One, thank you for your transparency, right? Um, there's so many angles while I was sitting here listening to you that I, I could have went and probably would off of there I'm a big person like God tell me where I want to start first with that relationship Abba's child I love that right I want to start there because it's amazing how and, and people told me this all the time they said that you know your relationship with Christ can be one thing you can be totally and fully immersed in his love and his glory but when you become a parent it's going to make you immerse yourself deeper into him and I get it y'all are right so those folks out here that told me that <laughs> not believe you but I'm telling you now you are correct right and I say all that to say because you know my father was not in my life growing up however my grandfather was and that was my dude who passed away a couple years ago. that was my guy you hear me okay and one of the things that yes. I wanted though too is I could not be anywhere near him People around us could not even know that we were connected by family, but they would see me. And when they saw me, they would say, are you related to Deacon Muse? <laughs> okay. <laughs> they would see me and say, are you related to a man named James Muse? Just by how I looked, right? Right. You started talking about being Abba's child, right? There's two angles with that. Because of how I looked, it was easy to identify that I was connected to him. And when I went there, I thought about being Abba's child. When we walk into a room, when we're coaching, when we're teaching, when we're leading, when we're serving, can people say, hey, are you Abba's child? Because you- Oh, amen. You look, you resemble. Mm -hmm. Are you, you have to be, because I just see it on you, right? <laughs> and when you were saying that, that just hit me. The second angle, Britt, that I went with that, 
is that it's so amazing how before, you know, and growing in Christ, and it is an ongoing thing, we try so hard. It's like, okay, yeah, we're supposed to, you know, fear him in terms of that scripture, that word. But the thing about it is when people say, well, well coach, it was one, a student of mine, he said, coach, well, I just be so nervous. And I'm going to mess up. You know, I just don't want to mess up, you know. John Mosley, uh, Coach John Mosley was on here um, months back uh, from uh, ELAC um, and Netflix um, Basketball U. And he just said, it was so funny when it came to him to do the show, he said, the first thing he said, he said, I just don't want to make God look bad. Okay. <laughs> simple. I just want to make him look bad. And so I loved it because in speaking about being Abba's child, there is a different relationship when you look at it that way. It's a different relationship when you recognize that, wait a minute, he truly does view me. I am his child. And because of that, it changes the scenario and how we move. He knows you're a father. You know your girls and your son, your daughter, your son are going to mess up. But you're their, you're their dad. You're going to always be proud. You're your dad. They're there. You're always going to be there. But they don't want to disappoint you because you're their father. And that shift, just like you spoke of, when I started to recognize him as my Abba father and not just God, right? It changed the scope of how I led. It changed the scope of how I served because, see, I just want to make him proud. That was golden, Britt. Oh, thank you very much. And, and Chelsea, you just followed right up with it as far as what we show on our face. What, mm -hmm. you know, that he, he, God wants such intimate relationship with us that he wants our face, his face to be shown upon us. Mm -hmm. and, and that, and in that love, that connection, that's, that's precisely what I hope my life is that his, that the glory of the light of his face is shining on me. And mm -hmm. that I, and it also gives a depth and a meaning and significance to what our relation, how we should care for people. Yes. And, and, you know, we can, we could, you can, we could give lip service to walk a mile in my shoes all day long, but until we know, we understand that love and we understand our identity is found in the God of the universe, the, the son of man who went to a cross for our sins and was resurrected. And, and this, and so you put it so well, yes, I am recognized by those people that birthed me, that my family, but am I recognizable oh by, does, do people know me by my love? by yeah. my service, by my sacrifice, by the joy of the Lord, which is yeah. my strength. Nehemiah 8.10. Come on. Right? That's right? one of and my so, favorite ones. Right. Amen. And so it is it, it, um, in a world that is, I believe, thirsty and hungry mm -hmm. for what we're talking about here it's even that much more important that we be that and, and that we continue to let him in. So his, the, the glory of the, of the light of his face shines upon us. And yes, there is definitely that idea. And, and I'm already God, I, I, you know, through my wiring, I'm like, man, I don't want to disappoint anybody because <laughs> right. you know, that's how, that's how I got, you know, that's how I got my approval. But, but I also, so it's, but it's now, 
it is now right sized because mm-hmm. I know, I know he loves me. And it, when I do make mistakes, when I do fall short of his glory, which I will, that it's okay, that it's okay. Yet he's going to put me in places where his glory can be shown. And, Come on now. And so he can, so he can be shown off because it's about uh-huh. him because it's about him. And it's not about us. And, and man, I was reading in John. And so my wife and I go through the Bible in a year, we've done it for the last three years. So we mm-hmm. do Bible 365 on the Bible app and John 17, John 18 or 17, Jesus is getting ready to, or actually he's been apprehended. And he says to the Sanhedrin, the Jewish leaders, I've been open. You've seen me teach in the temple courts. Everything I've done has been public, yet you treat me as a conspirator, as if I've done something in secret. Mm-hmm. And that's how the world, I think, views that yeah. sometimes is that we, that there's not, that it doesn't match. It doesn't, something doesn't match, but it does though. It does yeah. though, when he's building his kingdom within us. And, um, and yes, I do not want to disappoint him because there's, there's a lot on the line. Ooh. There's a lot on the line. Come on. There's Come- a lot on the line uh, for us as obviously coaches and teachers in the care of lives mm-hmm. and obviously our families, but to, but to people's eternity, to people's character. And, and so God calls us to a, a destiny that has responsibility that he'll lovingly carry us through and equip us for uh, with it around every turn. And yet, yes, it's like, but really me? <laughs> I'm like, man, really? Right. Um, and so, <laughs> but yes, you, yes, you, I see you. He sees us so much better than we see ourselves. So that, I mean, uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, segues there, Chelsea. Thank you so much. No, I thank you. I just, you know, it's amazing. And, and I'm so thankful how, again, God aligns these paths to cross and these conversations to be had being blessed blessed by you as well you know and when we talk about servant leadership when we talk about leading as Christ would ask us to you know I think so often you know I I probably mentioned this every single episode but I love Christine Kane I love Joyce Meyer I love a lot of other ones too and I will begin to mention them I don't want to be biased but I think the biggest thing is because they are strong women in the word and they break it down the way that I understand okay Mm -hmm. and one of the things that Joyce Myers and Kristen Kane always mentions is that so often we will miss our assignment because we're so focused on another area code, right? That just so maybe that job that we think is glitz and glamour, so we chase that, right? But you missed your assignment because I told you to be over there. Kristen Kane had her episode the other last Monday that talked about we always want to chase being there, but we won't focus and take care of our assignment here. We're so busy and our eyes are on what somebody's doing and how they got there that we won't take care of here. And so I want you to talk for a moment about assignment. When Christ gives us the assignment, you have taken on so many different endeavors, right? Starting in your home and then spread abroad. You know, no one just pops up one day and says, hey, I'm gonna write a book, right? It starts from somewhere and you've done it twice. But talk a little bit about being able to 
be obedient to the call. Be obedient mm-hmm. when he gives you the assignment and to have the walk out on faith on that, right? Because it is scary. Like you said, we are mentioning y'all when we said me, you sure me, because I told Britt, I said, you know, two years ago, we're celebrating the second year of this podcast. When Christ tapped me on my shoulder, I was like, this is what I need you to do. I was like, Mm-mm, you can't be talking to me. <laughs> I didn't say this part to you, but he has to always, I tell people, he has to come to me like those should have had a V8 commercials. You know, when they hit the person upside the head. Yes. That's how he comes. I know the word says, he comes to you in a still small voice. He's like, no, that don't work for Chelsea. I got to be loud and boisterous. And so when I was like, you sure? You want me to do that, right? We got locked outside of the house. <laughs> so it was like, was that loud enough for you? Do you understand me? Come back and we got 50 coaches starting off on the podcast by plan. So long story short and shifting back to that same question, following the will of God and hearing that assignment can be a bit scary. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of hearing him and then following the call? No doubt about it. Yes, it, it can be. And, and once... Once I knew the difference, once I knew the difference between what his call was and what obedience to that call was, Come on. it only, I mean, it only became that much scarier in certain ways mm-hmm. just to take the first step. Yeah. And so in uh, going back to school to, to, to need to heed that call, it was like, oh my gosh, I just need to put one foot, talking about footwork, one foot in front of the other. <laughs> yes. And then all of a sudden, those checkpoints come up. That first paper that I wrote, that I got an A plus on. It's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> it's, it's working. The door continues to open. And, and all the way to a master's degree. All the way. And, and redeeming, redeeming those thoughts I had of myself as a student. And then the book as I continued to have the thoughts when I journaled, because I journaled so, I journaled and journal so much that I started to see and I had, I remembered. So he gives me these, these little flashes of things that have happened in my past. In 2005, I was in a Bible study at a church before Carrie and I were married. We did a little prophecy uh some folks came in we're doing some prophetic work and a woman prophesied over me in 2005 Britt you will grow strong like an oak tree wow and and so I'm jogging one day as the as the journaling and the ideas are coming into my mind I'm like oh okay and and so I had a friend tell me another little flash Britt you should write a book Another friend said, you should write a book, man. You should, I mean, you should get all this out. You've got, you have so much to say. And so the, the obedience started to come as I started to get the affirmations from God that, yes, yes, this is the assignment. And all the while, as I was from 2017 to, to 2017, 2018, to book publishing here in March, there were fits and starts. I was uninspired. I could not, I couldn't just, it's hard to write. It's hard to continue to knock out um, the process every single day. And amongst that, I had interviews to be a head football coach Mm -hmm. at uh, where I teach. And I was 
denied that. And so we, we, I was turned down for the job. And, and, and so we talk, you talk about assignment Mm -hmm. and I think the assignment that obviously coaching and teaching is, is vocation and in my call, but there was the assignment of the Oak tree source as well. And in 2020, when the world shut down, I was having coffee with students the day, really the day before. The day before in March 13th or 14th, 2020, when it all shut down, I was having coffee with students. This guy, a guy, comes out of nowhere at Starbucks. He sets his book down on the table. And he starts to tell us a little bit about his book. And then he starts to say, you need to tell your story to me. And I think he was speaking to us, but he's speaking to me. And he's like, in, like he started to be more emphatic about it. You need to tell your story. And at that point, I was the book was fits and starts. And after I left that coffee, it felt like God did hit me on the side of the head with a V8. Um, <laughs> that that you have to finish this book. And mm-hmm. so from that day on, obviously we had a ton of time. I I was teaching online and obviously sports weren't happening and I made an appointment with myself every night. I'm going to write whether it's 10 words or a thousand. And then all of a sudden the, the manuscript got done. It went to the editor, everything got in motion and it got to, it got to the, it got to the finish line. (laughs) And so, so the assignments and obedience to that assignment is so important. And I don't know, Chelsea, if obviously my plans for the book are, you know, out here and big and praying for big and God to do big. But if it reaches one man Come on. at any point in his life, if it reaches one 18-year-old young man or one 50-year-old man or one... 65 year old man that's why he had me write it and and if it was only for me it was only for me to to work through all of the blessings and and the catharsis and the redemption that he wanted for me then hallelujah and i will be obedient to that no matter what it is and because i went through a journey i firmly believe that men everywhere can benefit from the journey that's in this book but i went on a journey and i was obedient and i expect to do the same on the next assignment which is here sharing with you right in this moment Mm -hmm. um here being in the presence of a good God who loves us and, and contemplating who he is and, and sharing that. And so I will be obedient to the next piece of it. And if it doesn't work and if it doesn't look the way I want it to look, I will be obedient because he has shown me how loving he is time after time after time. And so obedience is paramount paramount to our walk and and it's difficult because our flesh (laughs) will pull 
man, when you, when God starts to, to really work in your life, your flesh is going to pull against it and, and you're going to scoff it at uh, obedience. But when you understand who he is and how much he loves you and the assignment he has for you, obedience looks totally different. That's so powerful, Britt. Like I'm sitting here like mind blown, but just target with you, right? I was talking to Rachel Barbo. Love her. Was talking to her. Oh man, hey, you know what? She wrote the foreword to this book. Come on, Rachel. (laughs) You sis, let's go. Rachel's my girl. Yes, she's my friend. Yeah. She wrote yes. the forward to this book. So I love it. I mean, there's look, I'm gonna pub the book, but I mean that's even more so. Now, <laughs> two good people on there. Come on. Like amen. If we were it, it was much of what you were just talking about now and earlier, just the grace of how good he is and your transparency, your willingness to be open and honest to share your story and your testimony, not only within the book, but right now here speaking with. It speaks volumes, right? And we were saying that, you know, so often I am a private person, but what I've learned over the years, like you started in the opening minutes of this conversation. Now people mention like that test for the testimony and that mess for that message. You know, one of the things I said with her and we were talking was that sometimes another person's freedom is in the testimony of our bondage. Amen. Sometimes them learning who Christ is, is not going to be in the church. It's not going to be in the, it's going to be watching you who they see every day and they see, Hey, Britt is up here. Well, wait a minute. All that happened. How is he still standing? He God fella. (laughs) He mentioned Jesus, the Christ. I need to know about this man because how is Britt still standing after he told me all of this? Amen. Amen. It is. It, it, it is what you just said. There is so powerful, and it is that. Yes, it is that freedom. It mm-hmm. is that availability. Yeah, and, it, and it's that corresponding presence, like an oak tree, his oak tree. The the roots of, of his purpose and grace and mercy and authority and power. And yes, that's. Chelsea, that's it. <laughs> that's why that's why I do anything that I do yeah. is so people can possibly get a little glimpse of freedom. Come on. Or get a little glimpse of of the risen Christ. That is it. That is it. It's it. That is that is that is my life. That is it. Is is to help somebody see the freedom that can be had. And that's anybody. And so, and then we, sometimes we're like, well, people who have, who've been through a lot, you know, they're the only ones who can understand that. But every one of us is in bondage to something, Yeah. whether it's the CEO who sits on the 50th floor in the corner office, who makes billions can get free or the person who is just trying to get their next meal. And, and so that is, you, it made you just, you nailed it. You hit the nail on the head. If there's any, and that's, that's why I don't, I don't mind being honest. I don't, and, and it, if it helps one person, if it helps one person see freedom in a different way, and that freedom, obviously through our Lord and Savior, 
or but or just seeing the person that I am today and and understanding like you said the the what I've been through because we've all we've all we've all been through it we've all been through something and there is such freedom and, and that's why that's why I think I, I mean the, the any inner the energy that I have is, is from the Holy Spirit living inside of me really yeah really yeah Sure. I mean, and I mean, I, I think my natural countenance, what he gave me was, was energetic and enthusiastic, but man, it's, it's totally different. It's totally different. And so I, it's, it's so important what you said just there. It is so important uh, that, that people see it in, in, in my way of thinking. And, and many people will, um, won't be able to get there. They won't be able to get there because of pride or the inability to, to be vulnerable. And that's okay. That's okay. Um, I'll, I'll still keep, I'll still keep being what he made me to be. Not do, not do, but be. <laughs> so. I love it. And I, I tell people, you know, I'm a food, right? I love food. It, you know, it's a new place. My grandma had me laugh another day. She went to get food from somewhere and she was like uh she told my guy that i'm sure chelsea went there already okay <laughs> that's me right and so i laughed though because think about it though brit not just with food but with everything right when you go eat at a place it's probably new or even if it's not if it's your first time there and you loved it what's the first thing you're new man you got to try this place over here like it was amazing okay amen yes yeah, movie, and it's great you're like man did you see that such and such yet it was good this person was in it. This person was in it. You got to go see it, man. I went and saw it twice. That's what we do, right? Man, these, these new shoes right here, they're comfortable, man. I ran and my knees didn't hurt. We push and we pub things all the day long. We give free advertisement to things that won't win. But just imagine, just imagine if we would give that advertisement every single day to this man that can do endless, right? That can do more than the, the plate. When the plate we eat, that is gone. The shoes, mm-hmm. those are going to wear in. And that right. food is going to be out of date at some point and out of the theaters at some point. But if we advertise for this man that is neither here nor there, he's every single where, every single place, and his well is never going to run dry. Could you just imagine? And that, my friend, is what you do every single day. That's what you're doing right now. That's what you've left in this book. That's what you've left over the past 45 minutes in this conversation. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so thankful to be connected to you. And I, it right back at you. And yes, with over 2 billion followers, I know we've got 8 or 9 billion people on this earth and, and the greatest leader the greatest servant leader, the, the greatest spirit led leader has got 2 billion of those followers. And there are so many more that, that need to be reached. And thank you so much for the common likeness, the common spirit, uh, Chelsea, there's no doubt about it. And, uh, yeah, let's keep, let's keep shouting from the rooftops yeah, come on. I'm uh, telling about you. this, about <laughs> this life change. It's, it's the, um, it's the the um, emoji, the shouting emoji, right? <laughs> You'll see me um, put it there for now. That's right. <laughs> and so this, so this is Alleluia in sign language right here. So they need to have they need to have like a, an emoji like this. Yes. I um, love but anyway, it. Um, I I can't thank you enough. 
And yes, um, my life has been changed and changed in a way that needs to be focused on him and not me. And uh, man, it's, um, it's a pleasure. It, I mean, life, life has depth and substance and, and, and I think people would, would really benefit from more of that in their lives. <laughs> and, and, and Jesus helps us do it. So glory Say to him. So. But of course, before you go, we got to enshrine me, guys, you know, so if you are familiar with the podcast call, we got to enshrine them in the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study Hall. Of yes. So, Britt, there's two questions I got to throw at you before we get out of here. It's the way we get your name in with us. So the first one, right? Um, we talk about different things in our morning devotionals, how we make sure that we keep our iron sharp so we can sharpen what mm. we've done today. But so often life throws things at us. And so in order to stand, um, in order to be able to make sure that I can put on the whole armor guide, keep my iron sharp, I'll do what's called my God is devotion. And what that does for me is I'll say God is, and I'll keep ripping off all the things that he's been to me, all the things that he has not been, because see, we forget those. He'll block those very things we think we need. And it's like, girl, I told you, you don't need that, you know? But you don't get a full list, Britt. You only get one. So if I said God is, and I drew a line, an imaginary line at the bottom, how would servant leader Britt Gustness feel that blank? God is what? God is my strength. Come on. Strength like Amen. <laughs> strong and sturdy like an oak tree on display for his splendor isaiah 61 3 come let's on let's go <laughs> come on brick <laughs> i love it i knew where you were going with that yes, yes. Oh, i love it i love it and can you just think about that uh you're gonna make me run that right there just alone <laughs> And I just think about it as long as you are my strength, strength, Mike, no other reaches. That's right. I love it. And of course, this is the servant leader coaches Bible study where servant leadership is at the forefront. It's at the center, the center all the way around what we talk about and what we do. There's so many definitions to it, but we're working to create the best uh, faith based public professional development of servant leadership. Servant leadership, two words. How would servant leader Britt Gusmus define it? Servant leadership is what to you? Servant leadership is being the lay down light for others so they can see their path clearly through my sacrifice and my care and love and encouragement of them. Come on, Britt. <laughs> Come on now. No, I'm laughing because just I got this visual, right? You know, you know, in the neighborhoods and where you live and everything. Yes. And everybody has the lights leading up to the sidewalk on up to show you how to get there, right? And that was just what I envisioned in my mind in a in a long, dark, and unbroken world, just being the light. Yes. Someone not trying to force you, not trying to tell you what to do, but just being the light to just guide and your path to make that plain and straight to him amen my friend yes ma'am that's it that's it i love it Brent. Lay, laying down my life to be the light so others can make their way toward to, to him that's it that's it that's huge man you're all right with me man i thank you so much you have been 
giving such a powerful message and comment and gems today. I appreciate you so much. I know just like you mentioned in that book, if just one person, one yes. person benefit by this conversation, I know that we have made our father proud. Amen. <laughs> Let it be so. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes. No doubt about it. Before you go, we got to cover you in due form and all those listeners. So if everybody would just take a brief moment and yes. bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you right now for what we've seen, what we've heard, what we've experienced, and how we've been obedient to your call. I thank you right now, Lord God, for all of the listeners, Lord God, that are listening now and that will listen later, Lord God. We ask right now a special prayer for Britt, his family, his book, his ministry, his obedience, his walk, Lord God, his family, his endeavors. Touch him, Lord God. Give him the strength. Serve and to lead. Give him the strength that as he lays down to be the light for someone to find you, that he continues to stretch out and have the endurance to keep moving forward in your name. I ask that you pray and bless a special prayer for those at their point of need. We don't need to know, but you know. So bless everybody at their point of need. But most of all, help us to be lights so that those that may not know you can find you. In your son Jesus' name, we'll always pray. Amen. Amen. My favorite line of the call, servant leader, Britt Gusness. You are now a part of the servant leader family. <laughs> Heck yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm so proud of you, man. I'm going to get the book, but I need a signed copy from you. So I'm going to get with you offline on that so I can get mine through you. But you all go get the book. I'm telling you right now, we'll maybe do a space or something, uh, studying it together. But I'm so proud of you to call you my brother. And I thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Chelsea. It was an absolute pleasure to be on with you. And thank you so much. I can't even, can't thank you enough. It was awesome. I love it. We thank you guys for listening. We're going to see you guys next time.